0: Good morning. Welcome to the Vision Principle Daily Podcast today. This is episode 11, and we're dealing with finding your life vision. And the category today is going to be overcoming procrastinators and problems. And today we're going to talk about finances, money. It's probably the number one uh, stumbling block for people to, to walk in their destinies, either lack of money or could be way too much debt if you have way too much expense it's not so much how much money you make this is how much money you need and if we have too much debt it can really be a deterrent for us to really walk in the will of god so uh, when we talk about our finances uh, just let's just talk about four areas i i define them in R's. And one is your revenue streams, the money that you, uh, you get from your various sources. Then what we call, what I call the Rockefeller rules. We'll get into that in just a minute. And then the third error would be red monster eliminations. That's debt. And then fourthly is a category we're probably all familiar with, but is reckless spending you know I love to eat out so that's probably the area that I could cut back we when we've uh, tightened our budget that's one area we've always worked on is to eat out less and you know if God wants us to enjoy things he's not against that but sometimes we can get a little carried away but let let's talk about revenue streams today you know ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse uh, 2 Has a principle here. I think I learned this years ago in Larry Burkett's financial training. And it's the idea of the phrase, and we've all heard it, don't have your eggs all in one basket. And with all the technology and all the different ways of revenue streams now, uh, we really need to be wise about that we don't just trust in one job. For our security. We, we have to remember, I was just telling someone yesterday, that God's our source, not your job. If you lose your job, God can still take care of you. We need to believe that. He's going to supply all our needs according to his riches, not our riches. When Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 2 says, Give a portion to seven and also to eight, for thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. It's the principle of having diversification, you know, and people say, well, that's the greatest way to make money on the stock market. Not always, some people just buy one stock and stay with it forever. If you had done that with Amazon or Apple, you'd probably be pretty wealthy. But it's good to have different revenue streams because things change so much now. What used to work for years and years and years doesn't work anymore. So our revenue streams are uh, really important, you know, you can get a job. So if you're a couple and you're deciding your life vision, you know, and you both in this day and age, the males and the females, the most have to work because the income for the main breadwinner is not as high as it used to be back in the 70s and 80s, early 80s, when my family was being raised. Uh, most of the time, the man worked and the women stayed home raising raised the kids. Matter of fact, in the church we were in, I, I would say, if you say there were 25 couples, young couples, and there were at least that many in the church we were in, not one of the mothers worked. That was in the 70s, early 80s. Not one of the mothers worked. Now, if you in that same church, I'll be preaching there soon, you go back, And you will not find one woman that doesn't work. Things have changed. So if you're going to both work, and sometimes you have to, then that's two streams of income. But there's other areas you can generate income. Another uh, important area, too, and I think this is true for so many, but is we really need to learn how to start our own businesses because there's tremendous tax advantages. If you've ever read, read the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad, it's so much better financially if you have your own business because you can write off deductions, but you don't do it just to write off. You do it to generate income, and there's only basically four ways that you can generate income. It hasn't changed much, but it's, it's basically the internet, real estate, investing, and then your business or your career or your job. Okay, Those are the four areas. And in this day and age, there's a lot of opportunity on the Internet. If you haven't taken advantage of that, you need to. Okay, you, You're going to have to have a learning curve. It's just like you go to college to learn where you have to learn how to make money on the Internet. And uh, it's a skill that you can learn. And so you need to, to define people that are doing successful things and learn from them. You might have to spend some money. It's, it's easy, but it's not easy. If you're not technical, you're going to have a rough time. If you have a hard time turning on a computer, it's not going to be for you. Okay, but, uh, So revenue streams are important. And we're going to move through this. There's so many things we could talk about online. And uh, email me sometime at PastorJack at We could talk about I could steer you to ways that you can make money on the Internet. But uh, let's go to the second category of your finance. I call them the Rockefeller Rules. And we all familiar, especially in the Cleveland area, you've heard of John D. Rockefeller. And he uh, used to be, in one day, uh, used to be considered the richest man that ever lived. And he was president of Standard Oil, and he made his money in oil. And uh, But when he was a child, his dad taught him, a lesson and this was the lesson I call the Rockefeller rules and this was save 10% tithe 10% and then control to the penny the other 80% you know I wish I would have always followed that pattern my whole life because I've uh, you know if I would have done that I'd been even better off than I am now and I'm sure you would too so it seems to be those that are financially secure and and well to do almost always they say 95% of the time they are tithers to their local charity or church. Just seems to be an indication if you study that, okay? So you learn to give 10% to the Lord, the first fruits, and then you learn to do the same principle of saving 10% so you can avail yourself to that because if you're going to be in the ministry, or you're going to start a ministry, or you're going to be in a five-fold ministry, or you're going to start a business or whatever, you need to have savings. Uh, you know, not only a rainy day fund, but you need to really have money tucked away, especially for your retirement because you're not going to be 30 all your life. You're going to be 65 before you can blink your eyes and you don't want to have your family supporting you, but if you do those three things, and get a budget for your eighty percent, you need to know where your money goes. You know, if you really want to fix something, you need to measure it. So, if we can control how we spend that eighty percent to the t- penny, you know, try to track your expense for ninety days, and begin to see uh, where you're spending your money because you can find that most of the time, even if you don't make a lot of money, you can still save 10%. You can still give 10% away. And then you can control the 80% and probably uh, really work where you can get another 10% that you could save or invest, whatever. So the third area is what I call the red monster elimination. This is huge. And that's debt. And Americans are in overwhelming debt. And the word says to owe man nothing, to to only be in debt to love. So if we don't really get a handle on our spending and we're in a lot of debt, uh, just like the United States, we're individual reflection of what's going on in Washington. It doesn't seem like we're going to fix it, but we're already, I think it is, 21 trillion in debt. Just to pay the interest on that takes about 15% of the revenue of the federal government. And then we're increasing deficits every year. It doesn't matter which party it is. We're spending too much money. And I don't think we have the backbone, the leaders in Washington, to really stop spending. But eventually it's going to be a crash. We won't be able to have enough money to pay the bills because it's going to be all interest. It's going to take over the whole revenue. But the same is true for us individually. Is we need to get out of debt. And the the quickest way to get out of debt is quit creating debt. You have to decide that I'm going to practice what I call delayed gratification. You know, uh, when you have to go out and spend all the time, or you have to have things, you really are, it's really a reflection of uneasiness in your heart. You know, there's a scripture I always think about when it comes to money, but it's not just dealing with money, but... It's the whole idea of godliness with contentment is great gain. And, you know, if we learn to be content and uh, really enjoy the simple things in life, they really don't cost a lot of money. You don't need the greatest shoes. You don't need a brand new car. There's so many things that we can get caught up. Oh, I just have to have this. Well, we don't really have to have those things, you know. God's not against blessing us, but he wants us to really be content. You know, and Paul had learned to be content in plenty and in lack. And that's the key to walking in the kingdom, is God supplies all your needs. But the focus is on the king, not the things we possess, because he'll always supply all our needs. But if you're in debt, you can't even go in the ministry. You know, when I took my first full-time church... We had gotten out of debt, and I had to go to seminary, and, and I spent pretty much all my savings going through seminary. It was about thirty thousand dollars over less than a two-year period. We moved halfway across the country, and we took our first church. and the, My salary was a whopping one hundred and fifty a week for a family of six, and uh, but we could have never even thought of doing that if we hadn't been out of debt. We were out of debt. We had all our bills paid, so we could live frugably and uh, it was a challenge you know, we worked the church hard and our salary increased but it still was really not that much and but if we hadn't if we had been in debt we never could have done that so you have to get out of debt okay it will absolutely destroy you and you don't want the pressure when you minister to have to make money because people will begin to realize oh that person's all about money that minister is all about money it, it will reflect in the ministry in your church and you need to be all about Jesus. God will supply the money. You can teach on money, but if you're always trying to get money from people, it's really not a real spiritual way to run a church. So we need to work on red monster eliminations. You, you need to accelerate debt. Stop making debt. Start eliminating debt. Start sacrificing. Start practicing delayed gratification. And then the other area is reckless spending, which is just, you know, you spend money on things you don't really need. You know, the big thing now is everybody's got to play games. You know, everybody's addicted to the Fortnite or all the other games that are out there. And I, I just think it's it's almost like mind control. you got to play a game. Well, you know, wouldn't it be nice if we could all just sit around the room and talk to each other, you know, in the old days, we just sit around and talk, get to know each other, especially husbands and wives, you know. We need to learn those skills, but, but you need to work on your revenue streams. If you can have five or six, you know, if you can do that, that's good. You need to work on the Rockefeller rules. Save 10%, tithe 10%, and then control the other 80%, which will free up even more money. You need to eliminate Red Monster, that old debt. You need to eliminate your debt totally. And then the fourth area is you need to eliminate reckless spending. There's an author I've read. Uh, he's a secular author. It's called David Bach. It's The Automatic millionaire's little book. It's a good little book. And in it, he talks about the latte factor. And he basically teaches that if you'll take the money you waste on a latte, a, a special kind of coffee that if you can convert that into savings, that you can generate a substantial income over a long period of time. And it's so important that we learn how to control our finances because that's one obstacle that will absolutely destroy your ministry. If you're going to start a ministry or a business, you need revenue and you can't be in debt. I always tell everybody, and some listen, some don't. When you start a ministry, you need to start from the position of strength financially, not weak. Because you're going to have to ramp up. You're going to have to do it part-time. And you can't be totally overwhelmed with making money or paying off bills to really walk in your God-given vision. And the, the vision is you'll start taking small steps and then you'll work towards it. Some of you really need more income. You need to seek the Lord. So let me pray for you today. Lord, open up the windows of heaven. Not only to give us finances, but give us wisdom. Because your word says you give us the power to get wealth. And Lord, we always hear the scripture the, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. And we're we're waiting to see that. And I think what it is, is we need to make friends with the The people of Mammon because they know how to make money and sometimes the body of believers don't. Give us wisdom to teach us how to get wealth, not so we can consume it on our own lust, but so we can minister in the way you've called us to, to meet every need of our family, but also to give it away to those that are in need or those that are launching into their own ministries that we can help to facilitate them building the kingdom of God. Lord, we thank you for this day. I pray you'd bless all your people today. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Be blessed today. Stay warm. The cold spell's coming. God be with you in Jesus' name.